The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. Yes, from unusual surroundings. Where are we, Martin? Where are we? I hope you know where we are. We I, are well, I know exactly where we are. We are in the slightly bizarre Speaker's Lounge. Have you, have you, have you dropped your voice a bit then? You well, leaned forward. Didn't because you? It, slightly bizarre. Because it is slightly bizarre, Speaker's Lounge at Soul Survivor Week C. Oh, oh I see. That's so where we are. In, so to, to kind of pan back, Peterborough. West Country Showground? Is that the name it's of it? It's definitely not the West Country. No, it's not the West Country. <laughs> what is going on with you? <laughs> Peterborough Showground. Peterborough's not in the West Country. Um, but we're in like this, this strange building with like um, like half-eaten food because we're getting towards yeah. the end of Soul Survivor City. Yeah. So people are slowly packing stuff up. We've got some yeah. bottles of milk that have been out uh, quite a long time. Possibly a fortnight. Absolutely. And everybody's currently in the arena yeah. listening probably to Tim Ross or Tim Orford. Yes. And we've snuck here and yeah. thought, let's record a, there's a Because there's a weird, like, this is why I'm saying it's weird, because within the speaker's lounge, the speaker's lounge is oh, a yes. room, and then there's like a the prefabricated room. room within a room. And the door has opened. Oh, and look. David Westlake has walked in. <gasps> David that, Westlake. It, it all stands or falls on David Westlake. That feels like something that would happen in a sort of fantasy <laughs> yeah. version of this podcast. And, and a... doom and apocalypse would follow. Yeah, that's right. David Westlake. Yeah, recording a podcast. But David, now... who are you? Very quickly. You Dave, you're on it. You're on the podcast You're on the podcast. Now. What Come do you do? Down. Tell us about Great. yourself. So um, I'm David and I lead an organisation called International Justice Mission, which is the world's largest anti-slavery organisation. Oh, Dave, and you used to be involved with Tear Fund as well, so your life has been about justice issues. Yeah, so when I was when I was um, finding my way with Christ, something about how do you make Christ real in the darkest, most difficult places in the world was what he gripped my heart with. So that's been the last uh, 25 years. Oh my goodness. And, and so just uh, so International Justice Mission uh, was a huge organisation in the States. It started in the States. Yeah. But uh, also, you know, you have a, a kind of thriving presence here in the UK. So yes. What so, do you do here? So we work in 26 nations. And here what we do is we raise prayer to, for, to help the rescue of slaves. We raise money to help pay for the people who rescue them. We work with government and police to get prosecutions and to change legislation here and we work with corporates that we might have slave free goods wow well look dave that sounds like a completely separate podcast that we should do so what <laughs> yes. we're going to do yes. we're gonna just that's a little bonus for yes, you but dave can we do another one with you at some point i would love to great <laughs> we'll do we'll do one with dave that's oh that was that was fun wasn't the it room within the room who I mean, will come in next you never know who's going to come in the room so this is Johnny, everybody. Say hello, Johnny. Hello, everyone. And check out that accent. Where are you from? Um, from Wirral, which is a little bit right next to Liverpool. So, oh, yeah, awesome. beautiful part of the world. Now, have you had any coffee this morning? I have had three cups of coffee this morning. <laughs> three cups of coffee. Yeah. And uh, how is it camping with teenagers? Um, camping is interesting. It's been really hot, so it's been fun. But um, yeah, it's it's great. The kids love it, and um, and I tolerate it. You tolerate it. So why do you tolerate it? Oh, we just, I mean, Soul Survivor and getting away for a retreat with the kids, uh, the young people, is just an incredible um, time away. Just time to reset, refocus, reflect. And, and so, yeah, we have a great time spending time, a lot of time with the young people. 
but then a lot of time just kind of worshiping and, and refocusing I suppose um, and what's that like so no, normally as youth workers we're the ones often laying on the worship experiences yeah. maybe cobbling together a band but here yeah. at Soul Survivor and other retreat places that we go to we are together with yeah. our young people worship. What, what's that experience like Johnny I think that's it because I, I lead worship as well so a lot of the summer camps that I've been to and go to I'm usually doing something I'm speaking I'm doing that kind of thing so actually just to be in the, the big sessions with our young people I, I watched all of our young people um, when one person responded they all jumped in and started praying for them I didn't have to do anything and um, it was just yeah it's, it's beautiful to see it's, it's, it's a different part of youth work that I think we uh, often neglect for the big stuff so yeah it's great and if there could be one like luxury item that would make your life a little bit more than just tolerable right now if somebody could like airdrop something to you right now what could it be yeah a bunker bin with a bed <laughs> that's not too tough no, we no. could probably sort yeah, that yeah, out yeah, yeah. all right thank you johnny that's exciting phenomenal people. so there is anyway i was saying yes. right before i so rudely interrupted <laughs> there was uh, there is a, a prefabricated room within yeah. The Speaker's Lounge. A yeah. bit a bit like the Holy of Holies. It is the Holy of Holies, where yeah. the toast of the toaster is. So we are going to be disturbed a lot because it's the coffee and the toast. Yeah, that's... So the, that wasn't very well in. thought through, was it? Not so, really, but let's let's have a go. But, but anyway, so this is quite a unique Soul Survivor for you because if you've been in Solnit at Soul Survivor C, you would already know this. But Martin, where did you sleep last night? You keep going on about this. Yeah, well, because, we, because you are so proud of this. I'm only on. proud about it because you and I are speaking together... And you are swanning in, in with a, in. a full face of makeup, you know, in heels yes. and swanning in with your, with your, your story. I mean, just by the way, how to alienate an entire room of people. Talk about the lovely drive throughs yeah. on the way in. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I didn't stop when I felt you the didn't. hate. I you just didn't. kept going. They, nobody was smiling. They weren't. It was a room full of sour faces. Silent sour faces. So 200 youth workers this morning looking at Rachel a bit grumpy. <laughs> She didn't read the room at all. Um, I, however, am here. I sipped my Starbucks. <laughs> you did yeah. sip your Starbucks, and you and you got me one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you you're obviously here with your dear family, yes. and you are in a premiere inn, and yes. you are speaking on the main stage as well. So bless <laughs> you. You do need to speak. <laughs> but I'm in a tent. Okay. With my youth group. Oh. From uh, St Mary's Rygate. Oh, Woo-hoo. we love you for that. That was amazing. And you didn't bring a pillow, and no. so I said off air. Well, somebody asked off air, how did you make a makeshift pillow? And I said, you got the stuffing out of a teddy bear. And you said... Oh, don't do that. You said... Oh, you're just embarrassing me now. I said I actually wanted a teddy last night. It's weird, isn't it? So, I think we need to, like, send Martin some teddies. I wanted a teddy. So, if any of you have any spare teddies that you can send Martin's way... Don't do that. We'd so appreciate that. It would be lovely! Wonderful. Head in her hands, producer Rachel. Anyway, so, Soul Survivor Week C. Yes. And next year is the last year. I know. How is it feeling for you this year? Well, I think the, the, the overwhelming feeling I, I have when I'm in those main meetings is how needed it is mm. that, that there has to be a space where young people can come together on this scale mm. and see that they're part of just a massive family. Mm. And, uh, and it, that is the biggest thing. That's one of the biggest things that Soul Survivor has, yes. has provided for, for all these years. Uh, and also just a place, an opportunity where if... If you want to, you can actually have a moment of decision, yes. a moment where you say, do you know what, I wasn't following Jesus, and now I am. Mm. And, and I know for some people it's much more of a journey, but I still think it's really important to have the opportunity there for mm. some people to, and it may not be, I'm deciding to follow Jesus, it may be, I'm deciding to give up that bad mm. habit, it may mm. be, I've decided to step away from that 
shame that I've mm. always had around this. I'm going to move forward in this other yeah. way. But I think those moments of decision, those moments of response in a huge faceless crowd are really important. And a place also just to have like yeah, a great worship experience, mm. a time to come together, lose yourself in a crowd and throw yourself into the presence of God. You know, you, you, you can't do that no. in a room of 10 people no. in the same way. And many of you don't want to you know lots of people don't want to but I think it's really needed yeah. so um so I feel you know a bit mixed it, this this year there's sort of the slight sense of you know we're almost pretending it's not real or as next year next it's year will be really in our faces real. won't it I think as well like we we know that for every single Christian on the planet we need those moments where we re- revisit why it is we believe what we do but for young people particularly like the gap between being 13 and being 14 that year is not like being 41 to 42 it's so different and so for this generation for, for young people rather there needs to be something within their kind of experience of faith that is a bit of an annual pilgrimage whether it is to a much smaller event or, or whatever it is but mm. a sense where actually they can revisit and we often say on the podcast let's not be dismissive of of the times that our young people look like they're doing the same thing each year but they're mm. a whole year mm. older mm. their experience is different and they need to revisit this again now, i'm a little bit like you was with my young people last week and was also not camping <gasps> what it was so gross for me i bet they were um but that that sense of actually when when else They've been waiting for this a little bit because they know they're going to have the opportunity to respond, which is a good challenge for us. So I'm with a very wonderful one. What's your name? Rachel. Oh, Rachel as well. Very exciting. (laughs) And Rachel, this is the morning after one of the nights at Soul Survivor. You've got your coffee and croissant. (laughs) Just give us a quick headshot. How are you doing? What's it like camping with teenagers? Good. Surprisingly good, actually. Doing surprisingly good. They... um, uh, some of the boys unpegged some of the girls' turn, unsurprisingly, last night. Oh, wow. Um, but I'd gone to bed already. <laughs> Great. Sick um, of the earplug. Yeah, I Give genuinely did. Didn't hear anything. Yeah. Um, but no, doing good. A bit tired, but they're, they're also tired, so that's good. <laughs> and, and out of ten, like... How would you rate kind of residential stuff with young people in terms of deepening relationship with them, but also seeing them grow as Christians? Oh, amazing. Like, it's... It's almost irreplaceable the like time that we have with them here because the conversations you have, like just sat in the marquee when they're just like, you know this huge theological question, why don't you ask me that on a Sunday morning? Wow. <laughs> um, but it just sort of comes to their head at that moment and like I've had some amazing conversations already deeper than I've had with them for months or years with some of them, which has just been so special. So. Awesome well, stuff. Well, look, something we keep saying yes. in our... So we're, we're, we're doing, you and I. Yes. What a, what a team. What a Double team. Double act. What? Well, no, it's Rachel. The Richard and Judy Rachel of, of, of youth ministry <laughs> training. God. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. Oh, I have no idea. But the I'm Terry Richard. and June. <laughs> the, uh, the zig and zag. The, I was going to say the Antin deck. The, well, no, you can't say the Antin deck. Because he's, he's, he's got rid of the He's gone, isn't he? He's desperate. Well, they find so a new sad. sidekick. They are looking for a new sidekick. Well, that might work. No, it won't work. They can bring back Cat Dealey. Maybe that's the only way it'll work. Yeah, anyway, where was I going with <laughs> hey, You and I. Yes, you and I. It's about You us. and I have been doing the uh, youth leader training sessions in the morning, Solnet. Yes. And uh, the recurring phrase that, that keeps coming up, and it was actually Tim Ross's uh, phrase, he's one of the speakers here a couple of years ago, um, you as the leaders, that soul survivor is not for you. Mm. And there's this real, uh, it's a difficult thing to hear, mm. but it's an important thing to say, mm. that when you're here as a leader with a youth group, 
you're here to lead your young people into the presence mm. and, and and lead them into the presence of, mm. of Jesus really to, to, to bring them and then and every as you said this morning everything uh, that you've been doing up to yes. this point has led they've led them here yes, and now possible. it's about just taking a gentle step back yeah. and, and getting to witness what's going on but that's hard yes, that for people hard. to hear and I think what's interesting is um, sorry I'm going on a bit aren't I no, this, is like, this is like one of your it's like one of my one of your monologues but um <laughs> But but um, what's interesting is uh, there seems to be a real need amongst mm. the youth leaders to have somewhere to meet mm. with God as well. There seems mm. to be a real a thirst that is almost released yes. when they come to Soul Survivor. And they realise, yeah, these main meetings aren't really for me, but also they also realise, oh gosh, I need something yes. like this. Yeah. And that's part of the reason we do the National Youth Ministry Weekend um, and, and other stuff like that. But I think there's a real sense that youth leaders here have a realization, a moment of realization that they they may need to invest a bit more mm. in their in their own relationship with God. And certainly, what always happens to me when I come to Soul Survivor, whether I'm here with a youth group, I'm here speaking. Um, I don't know if there's any other capacity I could be here. Probably camping, camping, yeah. <laughs> oh, on the stand with the producer Rachel. Stand. Exactly, and Sasha. Um, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, I I have that realization. <laughs> I don't know about you. Every time, yeah. oh God. I'm yeah. sorry, I have not been as close to you as yeah. I am in this moment and as I should be. I, I think you've hit a nail on the head because I think there'll be some people this morning when you said Souls Five is not for you, and some people are listening who'll be saying, No, Martin, that's not right. Mm. That's not right. It is for us because if we say it's not for us, then what are we saying? Are we saying that the things that the God has for our young people are not for us? Mm. Are we saying that worshiping God with our young people is not for us? And I suppose what's really good about opening up that idea is that we're of course not saying don't worship with your young no, people of course, of course not. not saying put them in the big top like a like drop off at kids thing and you just stand at the back but i think it's it is the sense of the the role the beautiful role that we play as leaders in advocating for our young people means that actually it's okay before god to say lord i am fully available for what you want to do in my life but i think before you right now my attention is on the young people like that's what it means to be a disciple maker um, and there are times where God does decide to kind of lay you out flat in the spirit and you're being a youth worker and you think, oh my goodness, like, of course he can do anything. But I think you, you're you right to say there probably has crept into some of our senses. Oh, it's a big top music. I need this. Like, yeah. I need this. Yeah. And we forget. No, actually, this is for the next generation to, to meet with Jesus. That's so, so important. Yeah. But it also, again, reveals, you know, we were we were praying for people this morning. And yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of, of, and I think we'll talk a little bit about burnout in, mm. in a couple of weeks on the, on the podcast. Um, but I think there's a lot of um, youth workers who are quite close to that space because of the nature that you just give so much of yourself yeah. in youth ministry. And it's, so, it's about being so selfless. And you almost wear that as a badge of honour yes. that you are slowly burning yourself out. Yes. And actually, that's not good. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the cry of no one's listening, are they? So like, yeah. I think what's made me really super angry this week is not I'm not angry with people, but hearing people's stories as youth workers saying and I say to them are you line managers anybody in your church line manage you like no like they have this enormous job nobody meets with them no one checks they're doing okay no one helps develop strategy no one checks they're having time off and it's and I just get I get enraged about that because I think it is the very basic minimum if we employ a youth worker or we have a team we manage them and if we as leaders can't do it find somebody else in the church that can like it and i do i have a zero tolerance level (laughs) on that because i think it's appalling we see more youth workers burning out because they're not cared for well and 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 it's it's enraging it's enraging because 
those same churches that don't uh, put yeah. a line manager up, don't invest in line manager, are, are the same churches that when something goes wrong, yeah. come down on that youth worker yeah. like a ton of bricks. Hang them out to dry. And hang them out to dry. So let's do a podcast episode for yeah. church leaders. Yes, let's do that. About line management. Special edition. Let's of course, do. they won't listen. Wonderful. So we've already had David Westlake, who was a sweet little treat. Wasn't, I mean, he, we wasn't were, that kind of him? But, but he just brought it. Like, that's what it looks like when you kind of... When God's captured your heart, like he just mm. came in for a bit of toast and immediately could tell us what God's called him to. That is that beautiful? I love that. Love that. We also caught up with somebody else, phenomenal. You have heard her before. She's she's one of our dear, dear, beautiful speakers on the podcast called Lana Pottle. I also often refer to her as Lana Poodle, but her surname is actually Pottle. So you caught up with Lana Pottle, who uh, heads up uh, a project that we run at Youthscape called Share, which is a, a, a video film school, YouTube uh, film school. Uh, and you asked her a few questions. So uh, let's hear it. Youthscape podcast. Ooh, why not? <laughs> So we have Lana here to tell us about something really exciting happening this year. Fire away, Lana. Hello. Yes. Um, so if you remember back to this January, I think it was the New Year's Day podcast, which, by the way, I cannot believe is nine months ago. Um, but if you remember that podcast, um, I mentioned a project that we ran last summer called Share. Um, it's a film school for 16 to 19 year olds who are passionate about sharing their faith and passionate about film. Um, it was an amazing um, few days. We loved it. The young people who took part loved it. And so the exciting news is that it's run running again this October. Remind us, Lana, why was this started in the first place? Well, I remember hearing a statistic from YFC, I think it was, that 81% of young people say that watching YouTube videos is their favourite thing to do. 81%, like, that's huge. And there are more than 7 billion videos online. But yet, despite, like, the vast amount of videos of cats and babies and all that stuff there's really not actually that many videos on faith and so we have this generation of young people growing up who are watching videos creating videos but there's this absence of meaningful and authentic content about faith but actually we know that there are young people out there who are desperate to create those that kind of content and create those kind of videos and so we wanted to empower this generation to bring them together as a community to um, teach them, to get them creating videos hands-on and coming together in worship. Um, so that's exactly what Share is. It's chock full of workshops and masterclasses, worship, but also just times to hang out as a group as well. Um, so we ran it last summer and yeah, it was, it was just incredible. And so we're so excited to run it again this year and open it out to more young people as well. So what's different about this year then? This year, we're taking on 20 students. Last year, we took on um, quite a few less. So this year, we were able to open out to more young people. So there's more spaces to apply for. Um, this year, it's running from the 21st to the 25th of October. So Sunday, the 21st to Thursday, the 25th of October. So there's actually an extra day this time squeezed in as well, just because we've got so much that we want to um, talk about and give them, um, give young people opportunity to do. Um, and we also just really wanted to make sure that anybody from across the UK could come. And so making it slightly longer definitely means it's easier for people from further away to come to. 
there's I think there's actually there's there's a lot of little tweaks from last year we learned loads from running it last year and we've just put a few tweaks in to make it as helpful and supportive as possible for the young people coming along and what are the details that people need to know if they want to find out more how can they find out more well, firstly, deadline. The deadline for applications is this Friday. That's the 14th. So if you are 16 to 19 and you're interested in this, or if you know someone who is 16 to 19, loves um, video and wants to get better at sharing their faith, then get them to apply now. The deadline is this Friday. Um, so that's the first detail. Secondly, um, it costs £40 per person, which we actually get quite a few questions about how comes it's so cheap. Um, and actually, that's only possible because of the incredible Gem Trust who have given so generously towards this project. And it means that we can um, subsidise the costs for young people that want to come along. Um, and thirdly, um, the other detail really to note is that you don't need to have masses of experience or a fancy camera or an expensive laptop. Um, this is for young people, even if they've never made a video before, if they're shooting on their phone, um, that's totally fine. We want them to work with what they've got and we want them to feel confident making videos with whatever tech they have. So um, really, we just want young people who have a passion for this and a desire to create amazing videos. Um, all the info for all of this is at youthscape.co.uk slash share. That's S-H-A-R-E. Um, and so, yeah, we would absolutely love to have uh, young people there um, who are passionate about this. So deadline this Friday, the 14th, please do, um, yeah, share this out and, and uh, let young people know. And we can't wait to see people there. Great, thank you. So if you know of anyone who might want to come along to share, then get them to head to youthscape.co.uk forward slash share for more information and to apply. And they can only do that by the 14th of September. Absolutely. So you need so to get on, on this get on right it. now. Yeah, absolutely. End this of this is the week. week. Everything happens. Okay, so um, I just want to do a little shout out now. We're not doing shout outs no, for doing... anyone else this okay. week. Who do you think to then? Keith Saunders. Who is Keith My Saunders? My dad. Oh, because Papa Saunders. Papa Saunders. Oh. Never called him that. But, uh, but Grandad, as we affectionately call Grand him, Pops. he has the kids today. So oh. that I can be here doing this. Oh, Does so, he, did, did um, he know he was going to have the kids uh, today? Yeah, well, it's, it was one of those, I don't know if you have this, but I have four kids. So um, the the whole kind of scattergun pattern of inset days is becoming a real headache for our oh. family to cover. Because my wife and I both work. Yeah. And then they're all, the inset days are not the same days. My kids are in three different schools. Oh. And, uh, and, and they're all at different times. And so, and today, Grandpa Saunders has... Some of the children, I don't know which ones. It has some of the children, and uh, the Can reason why them the reason why I'm doing the shout out to yeah. Papa Sauce is it is today his 69th birthday, <gasps> and oh. so he is giving up his birthday to look after children that we might bring you this podcast. Oh, so happy beautiful. birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. Grand Pop Saunders. I hope you've got a nice combination of Saunders kids. And I have to say, oh, a big nice. shout out for the grandparents who in this age of, you know, everybody goodness. working, yes. are, are really picking up a lot of slack and often paying for our lives as well. Yes, absolutely. Thank, Thank you, Lord, grandparents. For that generation. 
So um, we now have a third guest. This is the first time we've had three guests on our yeah, podcast. Yeah, this is a, a, a world it's first. Bill. I'm so excited. This is wonderful. So this is Gordon Raggett. He is, um, he's been involved with Cribs in Orpington for a long time, which is a fantastic Christian school. Is that not M- like MTV Cribs? No, it's not. They're, they are, they are, well, they might be. I don't know. Probably I, very different. Probably very different. They're amazing. So I caught up with him in the staff room over the phone, and this is how the conversation went. Podcast. So it's absolutely wonderful. We've managed by the power of technology and, and hooking up phones to microphones to have Gordon Raggett on the phone. Gordon, it's so good to chat with you. Uh, can you just tell everybody, not, not the name of the, of the place you are, but, but where are you today? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in a place called Sidcup in Kent oh, in England. You. So uh, I'm in a, in a free school sitting in the staff room at the moment and um, yeah, so that's where I am. I love it because actually we've uh, we wanted to chat with you because of your passion about um, Christian involvement in education. And I love it that we're actually interviewing you as you're sat in a staff room. So are you surrounded by lots of teachers on their coffee break? No, thankfully no. I'm all on my own. <laughs> that would be difficult. I know. But, uh, no one's here. Fantastic. So Gordon. Um, I, I'm not sure if people listening will have known your name. I've known your name for quite a long time and largely associated with Cribs, which you, a schools ministry which you founded in Bexley, I think, in the early 90s. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. So did, did, does correct. it stand for something really exciting or does it actually just mean Cribs <laughs> no, as in someone's it, it, home? It does stand for something. It's uh, Christian Resources in Bexley Schools. Fantastic. And it's still going very yeah. strong now, isn't it, today? It's still going strong, yeah. So I, I uh, moved on. I, um, I founded it, in, as you say, in the early 90s and then moved on last August, last year. Um, but it's still going really strong. It's a team of about uh, 15 or so schools workers um, who just work largely in one London borough. Yes. Um, and they, so it's pretty intensive kind of work There's 40,000 children that go to school in that, that borough. So, Incredible. you know, that gives you an idea of the the, uh, the opportunity. Yeah. It's obviously a large uh, area of a uh, lot of children, a lot of young people. So, yeah, yeah that's where they work. And, and I bumped into a number of them, actually. I was at an event in Westminster recently, and um, I got chatting to this group of very young, very engaged youth leaders who just wanted to talk to me about, you know, all the things that young people are facing. We chatted about fortnights, we chatted about gender, we chatted about faith, about everything. And, and, and then I said, wow, you guys are really, like, clued up with this. Where, where do you work? And it became very obvious that they're schools workers. And I, and I went away from that conversation thinking, there's something about... You, the focus of your youth ministry or a focus of your work being about the local schools, the local people referring you to this, that means that you are absolutely every day, every moment of every day coming up face to face with all the things that young people are facing all the time that sometimes in church we forget, we, we forget we have the luxury to go away and think about this, whereas for young people this is their world all the time. So I, yeah, I, I just think it was absolutely phenomenal. So you've moved on from there and you've now set up a, um, a life consulting business and that's what we would like to chat to you about really uh, because this, this passion of yours about Christian involvement education means that you are now offering your services, your insights to anybody who wants to get involved with Christian ministry in schools. Is that a good way to, to put it? Yes, absolutely, yes. So I, um, really for me, I suppose I've been on my own journey of, uh, of 
uh, of leadership and leading a charity and, and so on, and, and my own personal journey of healing as well. So the two of those combined right. led me to notice that actually I had a fairly steady trickle of people coming to my door wanting to engage with me mm. and uh, talk about life as well as ministry and uh, school's work or church work or whatever it was. And uh, I love those conversations. I think I, I noticed that actually I had a measure of wisdom. I had a grace, I suppose, for those conversations mm. and that people felt blessed and helped by them. So um, I thought about what I wanted to move on to. Uh, I, I was really happy and could have easily settled in my job, but I felt that was actually not going to be a good place yes. to be uh, because I think once you get settled and it's all very easy, that's dangerous. So <laughs> I, I wanted to to do something else. And so the business is largely around uh, having one-to-one conversations with leaders largely, but mm. it doesn't only cover leaders. Um, but that is my focus. Um, and I thought, you know what, all that experience of working with in schools in education and and trialing, piloting lots of innovative, uh, creative ways to engage with young people, um, I just thought, and manage a charity, you know, and all that goes mm, along with yeah, that. Absolutely. So I thought, all that experience, um, I ought to make that available. I'd have loved to have a mentor when I was just starting, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd love to have had somebody that uh, had all that experience said, I'm, I'm available, you know, you can talk to me about anything. So, uh, yeah, that, so that was the driver mm-hmm. really to, to make all that uh, experience not wow. go to waste now <laughs> and you put it to some use. You said something right at the beginning there. You, you talked about the fact that you were leading and you were healing at the same time. That's yeah. really tantalising, putting those two words together. What, what, why do you stick those two together? Yes, well, I think, um, I, 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 I think that the leading process, and when you're at the top of an organisation and you're maybe accountable to the board of trustees or or line managed by other people. You, you, you're so focused in on the, the job of doing, yeah. the job of running programs, the job of, of delivering targets and, and so on, that sometimes you yourself can be neglected, that yeah. your own sense of being as opposed to doing. Sometimes there's a, a, there's an, a, a dis-ease, if you like, mm. within you. There's like an ache. There's something that doesn't quite resonate. It's, there's something that's misaligned with your own values or your own um, stuff that's going on for you. And, and for me, that was a journey of probably six to eight years where I'd become aware of some pain. Some, I'd become aware of some things in my life that I really needed to get a handle on and I needed to talk through with people. And I needed God to, to heal me, I believe. Mm. And uh, so... I went through a number of different encounters, different experiences, different events, training, all sorts of things, different conversations with people. Um, and thankfully, I came to a much healthier, better place uh, in myself, at peace with myself as well as with mm-hmm. relationally with others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think out of that experience, tying that with being a leader and, and running an organization, uh, I, 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 was, I felt I was privileged that I was allowed to do that and that I could 
because I was probably my own boss and so on, I, I was able to sort of go on that journey without, you know, necessarily yeah. having to give account for every hour of the day. And I think that, that helped me to come wow. to a better place. And I, I want to pass some of that on, you know, yeah. that I've learned a few things on that journey about that, that are now delivering and using some tools that I found mm. in my life consulting, mm. uh, particularly with leaders. That um, has, has come out of my own pain, really, and my own uh, relationships with, particularly my dad, and all the stuff that, that was quite deep rooted in me. Yeah, yeah. That I had to sort out. I had some forgiving to do. I had some healing to take place in order for me to be a really integrous and fully sort of wholehearted yeah, leader. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned um, how helpful it was for you going to conferences and events. And if I think about the youth ministry world, you know, we have a lot of that at our fingertips in the UK. We're so we're so blessed, so well resourced. But I'm also hearing you say that that helps us to a point, but actually having somebody to kind of mentor or to get close and, and understand why we might do certain things in certain contexts that you can't almost yeah. cover in a conference it is so significant. Now, that's challenging, isn't it? Because there are so many people who would want that and not a lot of people to go go round. So I guess right. what you're doing is trying to bridge that gap, aren't you? How would people know that actually what they need is something more than just top 10 tips from a book or something? What would be some of the indicators yeah. that you would say look out for? Yes, well, I, I think... Um uh, people would know that. First of all, I offer to any client uh, a kind of like a, a strategy session so that uh, I get to uh, talk to them about their needs, where their situation is. And, and we together in that conversation can sort of ascertain, am I the right fit for you? Is Having conversations with me, would that be useful mm. to you? So, so that sort of, uh, that, that sort of help, hopefully provides people with some kind of sense of, yeah, I think I could benefit from from that sort of uh, opportunity to talk through my issues, to, yeah. to open up. And and um, so, that, so that's one thing that I do. And I, I really do believe that every every leader, it, leadership can be a very lonely place at times, and, and you're answering to so many different people, and mm. you're juggling so many balls, mm. that actually uh, having the opportunity to reflect, uh, to sit with somebody who asks you all the right questions because um, that's a skill in itself, asking the right questions, and uh, who, who then can process with you where you're at, where you're going, what your issues are, where, where the roots of things are. Um, I think that's so valuable. I, I you know, I just, I, I'm in conversations with head teachers and church leaders and, as well as youth workers and and uh, talking about their stuff and, and people are opening up to me on a very personal level because mm. they've never had the opportunity before to talk to somebody openly without mm. judgment um, and bring their stuff and lay it all out on the table, you know, from their hiding, mm. you know, they're hiding behind their cloak of being a leader and they're, they're somehow getting through surviving with but not thriving. Mm. And I think uh, I want to offer myself my services what I do but but particularly in the schools context and in youth work context to people in that position yeah. because it can be feel very isolating 
and you're often just on the treadmill, you yes. know, and you don't see a way of getting off. Yes. And it's and it's quite ironic, isn't it? I think, particularly if I'm thinking about youth ministry, the number of people that I know who are extraordinary youth leaders, um, confident, competent. Um, the evidence says, look, they they can they're good at what they're doing, and yet put this group of leaders together in a room with other leaders, and. Um, all that stuff that we know, like everybody always thinks the same, like if I'm feeling insecure, probably they're feeling insecure too, you know, actually suddenly in that space, we forget all of that. And then we very quickly say, well, I'm the one person that shouldn't be here. Like I've only got seven young people in my youth. Group. You know, and I suppose, is, is that a pattern that you see just in youth, in, in the leadership structures in youth ministry, or is that just across the board for leaders? No, I think it's across the board. I really do. I, I speak to somebody people who manage huge budgets and manage huge teams and uh, they're often their private persona their the stuff that they're dealing with privately they would never tell us all about and they, they lack of the insecurity that they feel and the lack of confidence that is masked by professionalism by mm. the ability if you're a, a teacher for example you often you know you're, you're, it's a, you're, you're acting in a, a part yes, aren't you? You yes. know, and often it's uh, so much of that you've got to show you you know your subject and you're confident about handling you know behavior and so on in the class so you you get very good at doing that and i think leaders get very good at presenting well but underneath inside they're crumbling they're they've got unanswered questions they've got aches and voids that that actually have never really properly been met yes and uh that's not a healthy place to be and that that can be incredibly stressful and when the stress is ratcheted up when the pressure is on that's when cracks can appear mm. and leaders can fall out and and burn out really yes. and I uh, so there's a lot of that going on particularly in the education world where I have spent so much of my time so I'm really keen to sort of be a voice within that to, to offer a, a service uh, to leaders particularly to just come away to step aside to consider mm. uh, who they are what they're dealing with um, and just have a different perspective yes. through our sessions on what they're handling and how they're handling it and I think I think um, that sounds so valuable because I, I guess it's the echo chamber that all of us are at risk of falling into where we're so afraid of saying I'm struggling because we think if we say it out loud, then what yeah. then what we'll hear back is, yeah, you are struggling and therefore you shouldn't be in this role. And we and we're in that sense we're afraid yeah. to give voice to what we're feeling. But actually once we do share it with a safe, trusted person and hear them say, that's actually very usual for a leader <laughs> to feel like yeah. that. And it could be that you're under resourced or it could be that you just need to reframe your time. And and sometimes, some not always, but sometimes there are some obvious straightforward steps that can begin to help to to change things that we feel oh my goodness it's either I survive and hold on and tell nobody or I'm out of here and actually Mm. opening up can give us the first few steps but you've mentioned about education and I I suppose one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you really was um that we at Youthscape have had a long history of of being passionately involved with local schools that's where Youthscape started and lots of people listening we'll do you know we'll do bits of schools work lots of us youth workers Mm. will do the odd assembly or or RE lesson um but but for you this is a core part of, of your kind of DNA as a youth worker engaging with with education when you say that 
what do you mean? Do you mean a youth worker going in and doing an assembly every now and then? Do you mean more youth workers becoming governors of schools? What What does that look like for you when Christians are involved in education? Yeah, I mean, so uh, so many different varieties of, of modes of work, and I've been involved in, over the years, many of those. So for us, down in our neck of the woods, and my organisation, Cribs, that was, um, uh, then that was... Uh, doing a whole range of different things so that was it was a lot of mentoring programs it was a lot of taking uh, helping support with christian groups in schools it was a lot of taking lessons uh, on specific subjects either that's whether that's re or pshe or different areas of the curriculum um, it involved it involved a lot of support for young people with special needs or with uh, with learning difficulties or challenging situations, so a uh, lot of sort of one-to-one mentoring as mm. well. So mm. it could be a whole range of different um, areas yeah. of engagement with schools, and, and, um, and, and, and all of them are valid. Yes, and. and, and and would would the kind of the heart behind that just to push you a little bit further on it would 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 the kind of the the motivation be actually we think it's really important that young people in Bexley all know Christians and and can have Christians in their lives that they can have conversations of faith with or is it actually we want to see the flourishing of schools in our town so we want to get in there and whatever it is you know whether it's talking about faith or talking about mental health will be there was it that clearly defined and separate for you or was it a bit of all of it good question I, I think it is a bit of everything to be honest I think the driver for us is we want to be we want to validate and affirm young people. We want them to grow to be who they're made to be. That's the first starting point. Brilliant. And so Brilliant. the opportunity to sit with them, to engage with them, either whether that's in intervention sessions or with a uh, sort of more fixed programme, um, all of those are valid. And so for us, uh, it was feeling the need that young people need to be heard mm. and known mm. and and validated is absolutely vital so yeah. and often they can go through a school system and not and that not doesn't happen so mm. um to have an outside agency coming in for school often is very very attractive because yeah. we're not we're not teachers you know we're visitors um that's often a great place and, and, and pupils feel more uh, open and, and yeah. trusting you know in that context so that was the first thing and the second thing is that um i believe uh, wholeheartedly in that spiritual growth and spiritual development is a core bit of what schools are engaged yes yes in doing and responsible for and that involves listening to the heart and listen and asking the soul questions and and digging deeper into into people's past and uh, what they think and what they value about things and so on. So yes. um, that, that is often can be missed in the drive to for academic achievement in the school system. Often the the need to be uh, valued and, and worth something just because I'm me yes. and because yes. I do have a potential and a need to grow spiritually and without the spirit part of me thriving and being nurtured, then I'm not going to be all that I could ever mm. be in life. So, uh, you know, filling a need, meeting a need in that way was, was a huge driver for us. 
to get engaged amazing. in a whole variety of different amazing ways into school. And I think um, we can all agree with that. I mean, I think that's that's very much what all of us listening to this podcast are absolutely motivated and inspired by too. And and for anyone listening to this thinking, actually, I'd love to connect with somebody to have some kind of consultation or coaching or advice or strategy development. And the exciting thing is that we at Youthscape are offering consultancy. I mean, basically, Gordon, we're offering you. I mean, I don't know how it is that we've managed to kind of land this great miracle. Um, but we're doing a project, um, which means that we can kind of um, invite people to get engaged and find out how they can access you. We've got some set prices and some set things that you can you can do. So if people want to find out about that, what's the best way they could find out how to get involved with this coaching? What would you say, Gordon? Yeah, well, the best thing is really to contact Youthscape. Contact you. Um, and and put in an inquiry in, brilliant. And say, you know, can I have an initial chat brilliant. with Gordon? And uh, someone, lovely person at your end, will will forward details on to me, and yeah. I will then make contact with uh, the youth worker or Whoever the leader. And it, and it could uh, be a, a, a top. and it could be a board of trustees, couldn't it? It could be it could. sort of a youth worker on a line manager, it, and yeah. absolutely, it could be a whole variety of things because often, you know, things. Good work can get hijacked by uh, little gremlins, little things that get in that, that can often be uh, often small things, but yes. become big things. You know, interpersonal relationships, conflict, yes. uh, different perspectives. Often, your handling as a as a youth worker and you're answerable to a team or a board. Um, often, their perspective can be different to yours, and yes. it's often bridging those gaps and trying Fantastic. to get some wisdom around how do I engage with uh, with my board differently, you know, there might be some niggles or uh, disagreements, and I can help just ease those kind of things. And as I well as just listening to your voice, I think you could really help. I just think you sound like a very wise and uh, winsome person. And excitingly, uh, Gordon said that he we would get in touch with someone very lovely in Youthscape, and I can absolutely affirm that you would. It, it's Malkina, and if anyone's been on any of our training days, you've already connected with Malkina. She is amazing. So if you want to find out more you need to email mulkina m-u-l-k-i-n-a mulkina.mckay m-a-c-k-a-y at youthscape.co.uk but all that information is up on our website so if you want a bit more of Gordon in your life then get in touch with us and we can tell you more Gordon have any teachers come back into the staff room or are you still on your own uh, yes no I've got a couple of teachers here but oh, okay, I have no idea that I'm actually doing a live podcast. Oh, they do now. And, uh, oh, they do now. <laughs> <laughs> they're all shocked and horrified. Are they? Don't swear. Okay. Yeah, don't swear. You're in a staff room and you're, and you're live. But we love you, Gordon, and we're so grateful for your time. And thanks so much for holding on in with the technology because we've made it work. Bless you, Gordon. See you. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. So, uh, Rachel. Yes. You, you always... You always protest a lot about technology. You always say that you're a bit of a luddite yeah. with technology. Is it true? Yeah. Is it, now let me ask you. I've got yeah. I've got a hypothesis here. Is it that you don't understand technology, 
Or is it that you know there are enough people around you who love technology that they will do it all for you if you just play the dizzy blonde? I am actually quite in intrinsically lazy and yeah. I do like asking for help. Oh, yeah, do you? I, do you like I love it. I love it. Why do you like asking for help? Well, I, I'm, I'm a collaborator. Uh, poor producer Rachel. I would just walk into the office and be like, Rachel, I can't do this. And yeah, and people often do help me. That's the problem. If they didn't help me, I'd have to do it myself. So don't tell producer Rachel. It's quite needy. It is very needy. Thus ended the podcast. Do you know what? You say, uh, talk about producer Rachel. Do you know what I just saw on producer Rachel's phone? I while love she was. Well, no, it wasn't. There's no. Let's not mention Charles Merrick. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the on the screen of Rachel Warwick's phone, a fantasy football league <gasps> login. Oh. She was checking her points oh. because at current at present she's higher than me in the Youthscape league. Yes, come on. Which has taken off. It's a bit of a phenomenon. So there are about seventy something teams in the uh, Youthscape Fantasy Football League. What? This league. whole part of the world I don't know Yeah, yeah. Else. This is you. You could just ask for help. I explain could. It. Yes, fantastic. So we should anyway. have, have done you a... Um, yes. But right now, uh, unfortunately, right at the bottom of the league, at time of recording, is a friend of the show, Ollie Deeks. Oh, Ollie! He's the very... He's number 63 in Ollie. the Youthscape Fantasy Premier League. Come on, Ollie. Um, so out. this is fantasy football. So, you yeah. know, you pick teams You pick teams from real-life players. Okay. And then... You know what fantasy football is. Well, and then how they... Works. If they score a goal, you get but points. But how do they score a goal? In, they, in real life. Oh, in real life. Oh, I see. I thought it was in your mind. You no, no, no. My, my goal... In your goal. mind? I thought you were just saying... In my fantasy, like in, in my, Harry Kane goal. scored a Harry goal. Harry Southgate wore a waistcoat. Like, can I, can I just? And I don't know if we're going to leave this in, but Rachel Garner, did you just say in my fantasy, Ryan Giggs <laughs> scored a goal? <laughs> Remember how old I am. Okay. All right. And right at the top, towering above the uh, the likes of Jason Royce in second place, oh. is currently Michael Reynolds. Um, with a, they've all got comedy titles, yes. the, the team. So his is called Salad Dressing, uh, after, of course... Mo Salah. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> just wow. I do got that, and no one mouthed it to me. That's amazing. Is he the Egyptian king? Is that what they refer to him as? They do refer to him as the Egyptian king. Well done. Okay, oh, yes. and, and I'm looking down the league. We've got uh, ninth place Jamie Cutteridge. That's disappointing to me. Come on, where are the women? Uh, Come on, right women. Right down. There are women. There's a woman. Hang on. Going down, going down, going up. Sarah Dawson. Right, you are. Dawson's Diamonds. Yeah, well, Sarah. 17th. Yeah. And then uh, there's also, I'm still going down trying to find me. I'm still, oh, Rachel Warwick. (laughs) Rachel. uh, uh, Has got a great comedy uh, title, Cain's Mark. Lovely. Because of uh, the biblical Cain. And, you know. Yeah, Thingy Cain. Harry Cain. Harry Harry Cain. Well done. And then I'm still down. They're further. Oh, I am. Uh, my team's called Worrying Rashford, and uh, it's 41st. 41st place. Uh, so I'm almost bang in the middle. No, I'm not. I'm in the bottom half. Well, in the bottom half. Um, but but sorry to Ollie Deeks, who is not really trying hard enough. I'm not sure he's even worked out how to log into it. Um, <laughs> you can. That's me, actually. You can still join the Youthscape Fantasy League. So if you're playing it already, okay. if you're already playing Fantasy Premier League, okay. you can just join our league okay. and we'll have the, um, the, the the pin that you need on our Facebook. Sounds incredible. Yeah. I love that. I don't Brilliant. know where there's anywhere to go from you no, actually isn't. knowing about Mo Salah. I know. My, I think it's because my, my friend's kids was, was recorded doing some kind of crazy stuff. So anyway, enough of that. 
Enough of that. The intake of breath was from Rachel. So we're going to end it there, Martin. Yes. It's been a great podcast. I've loved recording this in the Holy of Holies with you. Yes, that's right. Every blessing. Go back to your campsite. And I hope you're the young people have taken your TED now. Enjoy your premiere in. I will. We're going to find a way of editing that.